Nikki. Today in the podcast, Avril Lavigne, Dr. Carl, Dr. David, Barnyard Animals and Sushi. So, I mean, what more could you want? you got your doctors, you got your animals, you got your 90, uh, naughty pop stars, my mistake, naughty pop stars, naughty, big naughty vibes. Vampire. Um, vampire. So th- there's everything there, really, and that's been encapsulated well in this podcast. It will reflect a well-rounded show. Um, Avril Lavigne may be a vampire, for all we know. That's what I, that's my working theory, because she's recreated her album cover from 20 years ago, celebrating the 20th anniversary, and she looks, she looks exactly the same. She's not aged in 20 years. It's, it, my mind boggles. I think it's the Canadian, like, weather. There's not too much UV going on over there in Canada. You've got a nice, brisk wind chill going on in the Mm. winter, and then it'll rehydrate the skin in the summer. Then how do you explain how ugly Chad Kroger is getting in his late age? <laughs> sorry to shoot down. Line. Sorry to shoot down your theory. Mm, true, <laughs> uh, Dr. Carl. He was on the show. Science questions. Dr. David. Now, don't be confused here. Uh, we never got to the bottom of why he was called a doctor, but it doesn't matter because oh, he's yeah. well, he's a spy. Maybe he's a chief hunter. He's like a he's doctor a in spy. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean he can do surgery. No, he's, he's no, got it's not like you can have a doctorate in other yeah. fields. Oh, so he has not, a doctorate. I think that's yes. the case. In spying. In some form of intelligence. Intelligence. Yep. So, Hunted coming to Channel 10. And, we uh, don't what have a anything in intelligence. Great show. <laughs> no. That looks like the Barnyard Animal Game was back for another week. People were highly suspicious that I was making a lot of barnyard yeah, noises. Kept getting ticked. They really weren't me. Um, I swear. Check the footage. And what's the worst thing in a sushi roll? rigorous debate. We've all got different taste buds. Mm. That's what makes the world go around and that's how sushi restaurants make so much money off so many different roles. But the real the real winner is the sushi train as just a restaurant mm. concept. It's brilliant. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Enjoy the podcast. Sometimes I read the news and I think, oh, this is a bit of a warning shot for what's to come with the Ooh. humans. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, something happens in the animal world, I think, oh, we're only a couple of months away from this transferring into the human world. And I won't have it on my watch. Okay. I won't have it on my Casio. So the title is Penguins Refuse to Eat Cheaper Sushi as Inflation Hits Japanese Aquarium. Right? So that's bad for the penguins, obviously, you know. It's bad for everyone. Yeah, no one likes to see the penguins having poor-grade sushi. But, I mean, this is... This is a warning sign for us. And I just want to make it clear to all you sushi trains out there, we will not stand for second-rate sushi in a couple of months' time. <laughs> okay. You can, you can jack the price up 50 cents for all I care, okay. but don't cut things off. Don't pull like a, oh, we're going to put cabbage in our sushi instead of lettuce. Don't pull a kernel. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, sure. I totally you know I mean? Sushi is a delicacy. Yeah, it it's really an extravagant is. lifestyle that we live when we go to the sushi train. I didn't know the that, sushi logs. I didn't know that penguins ate sushi for starters. So well, I've learned something already. Well, they're having sashimi. They're going. They're going full old school. Yes, yeah, but it's changed the best. to Japanese horse mackerel, to which they're not eating, and rightly so, because it's ch- the cheaper f- fish. Yeah. Okay. They're not yeah. eating it. I get it. They were brought up on tasty sushi, and they what? Well, they're taking a vow of hunger until they get their tasty sushi again, which is okay. great. But Fair what we need to do, we need to transition from penguins into humans. And <laughs> it's a clear sign that sushi, you know, don't try it with us. Yeah, I hear you. If all of a sudden yeah. there's Japanese horse mackerel in my spicy tuna roll, yeah. I'm not going to fall for it either. You know what I mean? You're not going to be purchasing that on no. the train. No. Um, the sushi train, yeah. To clarify, yeah. <laughs> which train you're on? Yeah, the sushi train, which never seems to have a driver and a lead carriage. By the way, I know. It's more just a fish escalator. <laughs> that doesn't a go travelator. up. A travelator. Um, Thirteen ten sixty though. Okay. I thought, what's the worst thing in a sushi roll? Great question. 
There's some dodgy sushi out there. You go to a sushi place, all the logs are there. They're all looking fresh in the morning. Like, ooh, could I have one of those? Ooh, so many choices. And there's always one that you can eliminate straight away because it's got something in there. They're like, well, I'm not a fan of that. I can rule that one out straight away. Yeah, sure. I got you. I feel there's a sushi hall of fame. And maybe there are different palettes out there than me. For me, the the big ticket items are all your fishes, really. Your tunas, your kingfishers, your salmons, your prawns, your crab sticks, your mahi-mahi. You're tapping into the fish. I love the fish. The fish in the sushi roll. Yeah. We've got some avocado in there as well to smooth it down. Easy. I'm sold. Love it. I am sold. Chicken schnitty. Don't mind. Don't mind. Okay. Don't mind. Now, you've you've mentioned it, so I'm going to have to bring it up. Oh, no. Your kryptonite, the panko crumb. The chicken schnitzel does not belong wrapped in a bed of rice. <laughs> okay. It just doesn't. Okay. It's a it's an absolute no from me on the chicken schnitzel. That really? will be if I want a chicken schnitzel, I'm going to the pub and I'm getting it okay. on a plate in a burger. Okay. Um, I'm not getting chicken schnitzel if I am at the sushi train. Wow. Yeah. I know. That? Really? Full of curveballs this Friday. I do need to ask though, what is that mayonnaise that they have? Oh, that I know stuff. I know what it is. It's is pupae it or something. It's pupae. Pupae mayonnaise. Yeah. That stuff is liquid gold. Mm. Mm. Um, so that's just a fun bonus. So anything with that on it, I'm into. Early vote for the worst thing in a sushi roll, the chicken schnitty. Did not the see schnitty. that coming. Oh, my gosh. It's the worst. Like, it's ju- it shouldn't be allowed. That's Sorry. <laughs> Very fine up. Well, yeah, I, I feel exactly the same, but with <laughs> the Japanese omelette. You know oh, that eggy, bit of egg that's, I don't know, soaked omelet. in honey or something? The eggy omelet's a bit You're weird. not sure if it's like tofu or egg no, or sweet egg. or salty or what's going it's on. all it. of it. It's is umame. It, is it wet? Is it dry? It's everything. That can go. Okay. That can get right out. Okay. If you've got to make cuts, cut the Japanese omelet. Or stop marinating it at least. Mm. <laughs> I don't mind the Japanese omelet. Cucumber, you can get rid of that. What's the that bring to the table? Crunch. Mm. That's what the schnitty's for. Do you know I went to a Japanese restaurant once and ordered, they had like a mystery roll. A mystery roll. <laughs> mystery roll. So I actually don't know what was in it. Leftovers from um, the special yesterday. Maybe. But they um, they rolled. So instead of, they, you know the ones you can get the inside out roll, so the seaweed's on the inside and mm. the rice is on the outside mm. and usually there's like sesame seeds or something rolled into the rice. Mm. What the, this chef did is he rolled the sushi roll in chili kettle chips. Ooh. Holy moly. Hello. Mm. Yeah. Come on, that. Like, there were crunchy outside. Mm. And then I'm not quite sure what was in the middle, but damn, it was delicious. Damn. Sesame seeds. Be gone. Gone. Carrot. Crunch. No. Get your veggie quarter up, mate. So you're not getting a veggie roll anytime soon. No, I'm not. No. I'm strictly avo and, and, and your fishes okay. or your meats. Pes- meat and avo for me. Pescatarian. Yeah, 131060, uh, worst thing in a sushi roll. Yeah, let's write a, a list. A little, little, little un- ongoing tally here. Uh, one vote for the Japanese omelette, one vote for the chicken so far. The schnitzel, chicken oh, schnitzel chicken. specifically. Chicken. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, sushi heads, um, give us a call. Please. Get involved. Okay. Fish chat. No, sushi chat. Sushi chat. <laughs> for Fishy Fridays. Linda has called through. Um, what are you giving a miss at the sushi train? Definitely cream cheese. Disgusting. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's wrong in many ways. Yeah, it is a bit gross. It's it's usually paired with something. It's not usually salmon in the cream cheese. That's one of the flavors, isn't it? Semi dried tomato and their little mini one, semi dried tomato and cream cheese. But that's just not Japanese. It's not Japanese. 
I don't think it would be. I'd be interested to go over to Jap- Japan and have some some sushi, some real traditional sushi. You know, with <laughs> yeah, some Japanese businessmen oh, off a body of buffet. Stuff that you go to you go to Japan. And the sushi, the legit sushi is not what we do. It's like how we think we eat Mexican food in Mm. the Western world. And then you go to Mexico and you're like, oh, no, they don't lather it with cheese and sour cream. It's we've just got our own version of it here yeah, for sure. Good call. Yeah, and it's gone under the radar. I must admit, it wasn't even on my hit yeah, list this I, morning. When, as soon as you said oh. it, Linda, I can yep. picture it. Yeah, yep. one of the classiest Yuck. fish with one of the most povo cheeses. Jeez, even thought of that. Ooh, yeah. Oh, Go away, okay. um, Chris. On thirteen ten sixty morning. Morning. You're a big um, sushi man. I like a bit of sushi, yeah. Mm. Um, you said you like your seafood ones. I, I don't do. know how you'd go with um, your pickled eel or your smoked eel. Ooh, <laughs> I don't slime. go well. I don't go well with that. That's slime on the sushi roll, that one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good point. And once again, not on my hit list. And I actually can't even remember ever tasting the pickled eel, probably because oh, I've been so disgusted and I've just passed through straight yeah. away. What is that? No, don't like that it. That comes around on the train. Yeah. You pickle- just let it go straight past you and you get another little sachet of wasabi. That's and when, what you do. When you think about it, like the eel is basically like, like the only reason something is pickled is because it's been like marinating in juices for a while. The, the eel is basically just a pickled <laughs> snake anyway. Like it's already waterlogged. Why do you need a, why do you need a picklet anymore? Oh, my God. Oh. What is it? Salty? Salty Christian? Slimy. Slimy? It's, uh, look, every time I see it, I just go, nah, yeah, no. Nah. Oh, you haven't, yeah. even, you haven't even dabbled. No one knows. No one knows what it tastes yeah, like. It's no, a mystery. No one's ever taken The one. mystery meat. Must like Cannot wait for this oh. on Channel 10 this Sunday night. Now, doors are open. Beauties are on the run. Go, go, go. They've got tram, train. They have everything from that location. Linda Street is across the road. We need to get out of the city. We have two fugitives running along the river. Now for one, stay on the fugitives. You've got eyes on now, over. Lock in. They're on the run. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My anxiety is through the roof just listening to the trailer. Dr. David Craig, the Chief Hunter from Hunted, kicking off this Sunday, joins us. Morning, Dr. David. Hello. Good morning, guys. Oh, thank you for bringing just such a compelling and exciting TV show to our screens. Oh, well, that was 10. I just got involved. So oh. you've got to thank 10 for that. <laughs> thank you, Channel 10. Would have been an interesting little tap on the back to get. I mean, I assume your career has just been, you know, spying, security, surveillance and all that. It's like, hey, mate, yeah, you want to come over and bring some of your mates? We've got a TV show. <laughs> yes. We're not going with your standard Grant Deniers and, and Sonia Krugers this year. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And 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 to be honest, I said no to the start because oh. uh, it's just too... too uh, just too far out of my comfort zone being in front of the camera. I'm used to sort of being in the shadows. And uh, then, and I said, look, I can't act. I can't recite lines. I'm hopeless with all that. And they said, they don't want an actor. They just want someone that can, you know, investigate, intensely investigate fugitives. And I said, oh, well, I can do that. That's yeah. easy. Well, it's not easy, but I can do it. Yeah. So did you get across, because this series has been running in the UK for a little while. They've done about, I think, six seasons is... Yeah, they're up to six seasons in the UK. And then there's a celebrity spin-off as well. Did you sort of consume that show to understand the format that they were trying to, you know, get onto the screens here? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, before I actually committed to it, I wanted to see what I was sort of letting myself in for. And, and when, when I saw the way they produced it and that it was legitimate, that the, the people were fair dinkum, the investigators were fair dinkum, the fugitives were, were seriously trying to get away and it was actually a really hard game to play. 
Um, and all I had to do was transition and just do the same as what I normally do and just pretend there's no cameras around, which is exactly what I did. Um, yeah, I, I, in fact, I got so hooked on the overseas ones. I finished watching the UK ones. I started watching the Italian series. Um, I don't speak Italian. I was halfway through the third episode and my son came in and said, what are you doing? And I said, I've just hooked on this. It's just so good. I don't really know what's going on. And he said, Dad, why don't you put on subtitles? Oh, <laughs> bless. Okay, oh, yeah, back to episode one. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, I reckon one of the big questions, David, that people have watching the trailers and probably watching this series as well is how obviously the the contestants are on the run and they're trying to get away and there's a big grand prize up for grabs, but they they obviously need a cameraman and producers following them around as well. How do we know that it's not an inside job and, you know, people, the the producers are liaising with the hunters and you guys are manufacturing it a bit? How do you get around that? Uh, Look, all all I can say is, 100%. 100%. If, if if there was any information flowing between the whole different production team with the fugitives and the hunters, this would be a fraud on an immense scale. Yes. There is no way in the world that they're going to do a $100,000 fraud on national television. <laughs> and to job. be honest, my integrity is really important, and that was something I'd, I... I wanted to make sure that it was a legitimate process. So when we're after information, we have to justify it just as we would to a court to get us to do a search warrant or True. put a tracker on a vehicle. We have to do a written application that goes into a referee and it's yeah. agreed uh, or and it's given to us or it's not. It's the real deal. It sounds like the real deal. 100% real. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm excited to watch this series unfold. I just feel really bad for whoever our version of Sandra Cooley is because she was the first fugitive to get caught in the first season in the oh. UK on day four. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> tough. It's going to be someone. Yeah, yeah, there's always going to be someone. Someone's going to be the first fugitive. And, and you know, when they're released, we got minutes notice. And all we knew was they were in this van. We didn't know where they were going to be released. We didn't know who they were. Um, and we just started to hit the ground running. You know, I just um, got the chopper in the air straight away, cut, patched through live, and we just started the investigation from there, and it just went for 21 days. Oh, so exciting. Uh, Ch- Chief Hunter, can you rate my first five on the run? Can you rate my first five on oh, the yeah, run? Like this is my plan. This is what I do. He's got a strategy. I'm a long-haired, bearded man, all right? I'm released from the vehicle. First five minutes is my time. I shave my beard. I shave my head, aggressive rebrand, and then straight into a full burka. Any holeproof oh. plan there? Okay, all right. Uh, can you walk like a, uh, a, a Islamic woman? Yes. Oh, you can. You can. Okay, you practice that. All right. Well, yes. well, that's not going to work for us. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to walk like an Aussie man in an Islamic burqa, am I? Jesus. God, I've been doing this a while, David. Come on. <laughs> Sorry, I obviously uh, underestimated you. Yes. Oh, good. Well, that's a good plan. Well, um, I guess yeah, changing your appearance mm. straight up is a pretty good strategy. But everything's GPS tracked, right? Like if somebody logged onto social media. You're you're seeing you know like their digital footprint, and that's obviously going to be a clue as to where they that's are. True. That's true. Absolutely. If if they come up for air, if they go anywhere near digital devices, we're going to be there. But uh, that's that's the plan. Mm. But quite often, obviously, these are fugitives, and they're throwing in red herrings where they can do to put us off. So oh. we've got to decipher the static from mm. from the real. So, All right. Yeah. Well, I'm renowned for my red herrings, David. I, I don't know if you if you became for this, but I was just thinking I will go and hide somewhere in the studio right now, see how good right. you are, and try and guess where I am hiding in the studio. Okay. Are you down for that? Yeah, absolutely. Now, now can I, I, I'm going to have to listen. That's just all I've got to go by, isn't it? Yeah. David, yeah. I'm just letting you know, like, like he's on. He's, Don't tell him where. Don't tell him where. I'm not. Oh, good. But he's on the move. I can confirm Dr. David Craig, our fugitive, has been released into the studio. It's like a free-range chook. 
Right. Well, I heard him talking. His, his, his audio has gone down a little bit. There was like a tapping uh, on a bench or something. So he's, he's standing on or underneath a desk or um, it, something like that. Literally underneath the desk. I am under the desk. Jesus Christ. Oh, there you go. Oh, he's good. He's good. <laughs> well, it was so quick. You had to be somewhere very close to where you sit. All right. Where am I now? <laughs> I, uh, behind the door, in the corner, maybe. <laughs> I am in the corner. Gosh darn you. <laughs> He's where? good. Where am I now? Look, you're standing in a chair. I've got access to your CCTV. <laughs> CCTV. Oh, Sorry, mate. <laughs> He's got three from three. Oh, my God. Shut down the cameras. Shut down the cameras. You would be terrible on this show, Lakey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Dr. David, well done. Uh, Channel 10. This, uh, me and Dr. David did that cahoots by the way, Matt Scopter. I was like, oh my God, he's so Matt good. Matt Scopter was very worried for a second. I she was, was really impressed. Putting that burker I had over the surveillance cameras in here. <laughs> Channel 10, this Sunday, 7.30. Cannot wait for this. Thanks, David Craig, Chief Hunter. Thank you. Thanks very much, guys. Have a great day. It's time for everyone's favourite game. Who is the barnyard animal? Who is the barnyard animal? Mm. There's a one in three chance straight away that you'll be able to guess who is playing the role of barnyard animal. If your ears are more tuned to the certain nuances of each of our noises, then (laughs) you've probably got more than a one in three chance. Play the first animal just before a bat. Plenty of people calling through. If you don't get, if, if we don't pick you first, don't worry because there's more animals in this old barnyard. So yeah. it's a big old barnyard. Yeah, we're going to go to Josh first, but Renee, Nigel, Jess, Giles, stay tight. on the line. Morning, okay. Josh. Hey, Josh. Morning. And we're going to play it one more time. Same person is going to do the same animal, and we'll keep rolling through. Hundred dollar tradey undie voucher up for grabs this morning. If you can guess who's playing role of bat, sing along if you want. was playing the role of Bat, Josh? That's got to be Lakey. Uh, not Danny Lakey. It's the shy guy. Hi guy. Shy guy playing the role of the Bat. Good try, Josh. Thank you. Another animal. Renee, you ready to go? Sure am. All right. Okay, good luck. Shooting those ears. Next animal's up. King Cobra. Renee, who was the King Cobra? That would have to be Danny Lakey. No. It was me. Oh, snake in the grass. It was Matt Compton doing the the snake. King Cobra. Well, that's a hard one too. Good try. Good try. Good one, Renee. Nigel, you're up next, okay? Okay. Good luck, mate. Gecko. E-I-E-I-O. With an here and an there. Here and there and everywhere and old McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I-O. Who's playing the role of the gecko, Nigel? Well, I'm going to say Blakey. And no. It messed up again. It again. It messed up again. 
She's head of reptilian this morning. She's doing all the reptiles. <laughs> Good try, Nigel. Sorry. All right, oh Jess. Oh, my God. You are up next, okay? Yep. All right. Good luck, Good luck. Jess. Weasel. Who's playing the role of the weasel, Jess? Yeah. Uh, was it Tiger? No, Danny no. Leggy! It's finally Leggy! <laughs> what is a weasel? I was doing animals in farthing like? wood weasel. I don't even know what a I weasel don't know. is. I was doing an animal in farthing wood weasel. Oh my gosh. Right. Good try, Jess. Oh, well, none from four. We're fooling. Everyone. One more, final one. Jai, final you're up. One. Cicada. Ah, the classic silent cicada. Not during mating season. <laughs> Who was it, Jai? Oh, it's got to be Danny Lake. No, it's the shy guy. He didn't say anything. It had to be. The 20th anniversary of when we first ever heard the beautiful tones of Avril Lavigne. Oh. What beautiful tones they were. I love that it shook the market up as well in a world full of pop goddess. All of a sudden punk was cool again. Pop punk, skater girl. She just broke all of the rules of pop music. And that was 20 years ago. Man, that makes me feel so old. And what is even more interesting, I've always said I really think Avril Lavigne's a vampire. I don't think she's a human. Uh, And it's not because I think that vampires can sing or anything. It's just because over the years, and now it's 20 years since her debut album Let Go was released, she just doesn't age. She just always looks pretty much exactly the same. Now, the only way to prove that Avril Lavigne is a vampire was if we could get like modern day Avril Lavigne, like 2022 Avril Lavigne, and stand her next to 20 years ago Avril Lavigne and see no difference. And she's done it for me. So thank you. Because what she decided to do to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the album Let Go is she's gone to New York City and she's gone to the crosswalk, the pedestrian crosswalk, and recreated the album cover. Now, this is a bit of a trend on TikTok where you do like you sort of recreate old photos and then transition into the current day photo. Oh, like you're in the exact same place doing the exact same pose. With the exact 20 same years clothes later. and all of this stuff. And you do this to um, Simple Plans, I'm Just a Kid. I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. And then the two photos go side by side. Yeah. Like, so oh, God. Gasp. Look how much you've changed. Not Avril. Not Avril. So what she's done is she's got the original album cover as a still photograph. And then she's got a moving video next to it where she recreates the exact same pose in the exact same clothes on the New York crosswalk. And she looks exactly the same. It's mind-blowing. And the only assumption I can make is that she has to be a vampire. (laughs) It's insane. Is that why vampires are always so old? Because then they never age. They never age. Her and Pharrell Williams. I'm telling you guys. I'm saying.
Scientific mind of Dr. Carl. Good morning, Dr. Carl. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Look, my mind is not that great as a scientific mind. I just read my way through the scientific literature and memorize it long enough to pass on to you, and then I completely forget it. There you are. Honest truth. Oh, oh I love that. I uh, love the honesty bomb. Spoken like a true natural scientist. Um, now, Dr. Carl, I was reading a little interesting statement that on Thursday, the 8th of July, uh, two Thursdays ago, 8 15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Australian. An interesting amount of the Earth's population were in the light. Not what you'd expect. I guess you expect, I always think, oh, yeah, half the people are asleep right now, half the people are alive right now, uh, awake right now. Um, <laughs> everyone's alive. Everyone's alive. Um, <laughs> why, why was this so interesting? Well, what the original quote was, it said 99.164% of the world's population is between dawn and dusk. It's not quite right, but it's surprisingly close. And the first thing to realise is that um, around the solstice, um, you know, because the Earth is tilted, uh, like on the 21st of June, the North Pole is 100% in sunlight all day. Yes. And the South Pole is in 100% darkness, you know. Um, now, the second thing is that about 90% of all humans live in the Northern Hemisphere. 90%. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a huge wow. number. Yeah. <laughs> and, if you, and, and the reason they went for the 8th of July rather than for the uh, solstice itself. The reason I went a few weeks later is that um, because on the solstice that they were missing out parts of Indonesia and uh, the Philippines were in darkness, so they just went for a few weeks extra, they added another 10 million people. Wow. So if, if you look at, if you go to a website called timeanddate.com, which you probably use to work out what time zone to talk to somebody in and all that sort of stuff, and you look for the map that shows how much sunlight's falling on the planet, over on the left-hand side, dusk is just kissing up against North and South America. And on the right-hand side, uh, dusk is just kissing up against uh, Asia with Australia and New Zealand in darkness. And so when you do all of the numbers and you, you add in the dusk, it works out to about 93% of the population um, were in light that was good enough to walk around in. Fascinating. That's amazing. A few fascinating little facts that you've just dropped in anyway. 90% of the world's population is in the Northern Hemisphere. Did not know that. Yes, when you put China and India up that way, yep, it's going to totally. stack the numbers in their mm-hmm. favour. And it's crazy to think that places like Norway and stuff, they'll live you know whole months just covered in light and then whole months covered in darkness. Yes. It's crazy. Ah, old world. It's crazy. Fact, I, I deliberately chose that my... Um, the wedding with my wife would be on the 21st of June uh, inside the Arctic Circle. So that way, in the same way as the sun would not set on the Arctic Circle, so too the love would not set on our marriage. Oh, so beautiful. I love One that. One of the great romantics. Oh. Yeah, I know. It shows I'm a real romantic. Hey, I've got a quick question about this James Webb telescope and the mm. images that we're seeing that we've never, ever seen in the history of the world. How... Like, how does this thing, how does it work? How does it take images that we've never seen before from outer space? Well, the thing to realise is that when you look at sky with your eye, you're looking through a little hole in the front of the eyeball about two or eight millimetres across, and the information doesn't get stored. It gets processed and dumped and processed and dumped, whereas a telescope is what the um, astronomers call a light bucket, and you take it out at night, your bucket, and it can be not just a few millimetres, it can be half a metre or a metre, or in the case of the Hubble, two and a half metres, and, or in the case of the James Webb, six and a half metres, oh, and you can store oh. the light not just for a 30th of a second, but up to 100 hours. And what they did was they stare at one bit of fairly blank sky, and suddenly all this stuff appeared. You can see it happening yourself. 
if you go out of town and the, it's, a, it's a cloudless night mm-hmm. with no moon, and sure, you've got a good Milky Way, you think, wow, that's amazing. And then just get some cheapo binoculars that instead of gathering the light from, you know, four or five millimeters, at the front, the glass is maybe 30 or 40 millimeters across, and suddenly you see so much more. Yes. And so that way, because it's such a big telescope, and also it's looking in the infrared because the universe is expanding. I'm sorry to now get complicated. No, this the is universe, good. Yeah, the universe is expanding, and that stretches the light so it goes more red. And so it's uh, been designed to look in the infrared. And so with a bit of luck, we'll get further and closer to the Big Bang, maybe even be able to see the very first stars firing into existence at a couple of hundred million years or the first galaxies a bit after that. We, we don't know yet. We're going to see what we can find. Wow. Oh, very exciting right. playing out the fire. The pictures are stunning. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was so, so cheap. Amazing. Yeah, it cost uh, as much as nine warplanes, which you've got no other job than to kill people. And so if people are saying, oh, it's too expensive, and you say, what, it's more, it's too expensive because it costs more than nine warplanes, maybe we need to rethink our values. Mm. Ooh. Point. Ooh, oh, deep stuff this week. Morning, everyone. Happy Friday. <laughs> oh, that's heavy. Doctor, all this deep stuff, man. <laughs> Dr. Carl's Little Book of Climate Change Science is available now at all good bookstores. Thank you, Dr. Carl. Chat next week. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Maz Lakey. Well, that's a wrap for Maz and Lakey. But you can catch any moment from the show anytime you like. Download our free listener app, then search for Maz and Lakey. Follow us and you get anything you missed and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. Maz and Lakey.